Well, good afternoon, world. Welcome to the KPC broadcast, Deeper Still. And the broadcast is a podcast. So, sorry, we've been having a little fun in studio here before it started. And I guess the frivolity carried over into the airtime. Anyway, we are so glad you joined us. Um, I'm sitting here with the beautiful, radiant, lovely, love of my life, Jane Keller. Um, and we're going to talk today about humility. That was the, um, we're doing a sermon series right now in the church called Keywords or One Word. <coughs> and these are keywords in the Christian life. Um, really can't do Christian life without an understanding of these. And so this week, the topic was humility. We looked at Philippians chapter 2, which um, is calling us into oneness. But the bigger point is oneness isn't possible unless people are walking in humility. So what we did in the sermon was uh, I talked, uh, shared with um, the congregation about the positive side of of humility. And what I mean by that is um, that it's about preferring one another, honoring one another, laying down our egos, imitating Christ, who, um, even though he was God, he uh, shed himself of his divine rights and privileges, and he became a servant. So that's really the positive side of humility, um, an action on our part that is very doable. It is something that we do. But what we're going to do now is we're going to talk about the painful side of humility, which is um, it's not so much what we choose to do. It's more what happens to us and what we choose to do with that. So we're going to talk about some of the these painful parts of our lives. Um, this, so this is more the humiliation side of humility, um, you know, the suffering of life, things that are out of our control. And I'll just kick it off by picking up one of these balls in the, the uh, playground here and just talk about um, things that come at us in life that are unforeseen, unwelcome, they're definitely inconvenient, uh, and they really make life hard. So let, let's, let's start off there, Jane, just talk about the really, man, the, the, the hard things that come our way and how that could possibly connect to a humbler you and me at the end. So do you want me to keep sure. going there? Okay. Yeah, keep... So, okay. So keep going. Keep yeah. talking. <laughs> keep talking, I'm sucker. Listening. Yeah. Um, so, so uh, yeah, let's think about that for a minute. Um, hard things come our way. There is a real temptation when life gets really hard to get bitter, to get angry, to become a victim, to come out of the experience harder and colder, um, to lose our hope, to become cynical. And um, yet if we lean into it a different way, for me, I think it is, first of all, understanding that, and this is, again, this is reformed belief, okay? So if you're not reformed by nature, you may struggle with this, but we just invite you to consider it. Um, one thing that Jane and I have picked up in the last year or so is it's kind of a not really an official motto, but just we remind ourselves that there is 
biblically, biblically speaking, there is nothing that could come at us that has not passed through God's hands first. Um, if that's a bit of a stretch, then I'll suggest this to you, that there is nothing that comes our way that God can't turn into something beautiful. Mm-hmm. Um, so whether it's financial, whether it's tragic, um, you know, we, we've really been challenging ourselves, I know, in the last year to, to just not kind of come away at the end of that going, oh, my gosh, I can't believe what happened to me. You know, oh, I'm a victim. My life has fallen apart. But to say, look, we can run either down this trail um, of, hey, God is in this. Mm-hmm. God, God can shape something in me right now. Through this hard moment, God can make something in my life um, that wasn't there before. I think of the example of Job, you know. Mm-hmm. What has Job done wrong? Absolutely nothing. But all of these things that the, the you know, he could just goes through, he loses his house, his family falls apart, all of his riches are gone, you know, his health is gone, and yet what you see from you know from the from the reader point of view is God is at work. And at the end of the story there's a very different Job because he, he did hold on. He walked with the Lord. He you know, he was real, he was honest, you know, he wasn't like, Hey God, this is all so great. He wasn't, you know, kind of religiously plastic. Mm-hmm. But um, he chose to cling to God. He chose chose to believe that you know, mm-hmm. hey, can good and not bad come from the Lord's hand? I mean, you know, so um, and that's 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 humility. Though. That's a real challenge. But life, by nature, is set up to humble us if we will really cling to God, mm-hmm. no matter what the challenge is. Any thoughts on that, dear Jane? Yeah. Well, I think. Um, you mentioned the word victim, and I think that we, when we face these situations in our lives, we we have a choice of which way to go, and we can we can go down the path of um, Lord, I believe everything passes through Your hands before it comes to me, and that is that is not to say that the Lord causes the suffering in our life. It's just to say that it, it, it does pass through his hands first. I mean, I, I do believe that. Um, and that, that maybe some people may struggle to see the difference there. But I do think it's like what you were saying, that God, you, you know, causes all things to work for good in our life. Okay, so but anyway, back to what I was saying. <laughs> uh, so we have a choice to go down that path and to believe that or to... Um, choose to become a victim or bitter, angry, indignant, you know, um, how, you know, how dare these things happen to me, which, uh, uh, you know, is pride really. Um, and I think just with victim victimization or, or, or that victim spirit, I think that too, a lot of people could feel like humility you know, but it's really different, and it's a different spirit, and it's it's a different, um, it's just sort of that poor me, uh, you know, why do bad things always happen to me, that kind of mindset. Um, Jim's saying. Yeah. I just think, 
I don't know. I just wanted to point that out, I guess. Because I, I think victim, that victim spirit is something that people who struggle or have hard things happen to them, it's really easy to fall into that. Mm-hmm. And that's just as... And that's human nature, too. Some of it is human nature, yeah. But that's just as ugly as, you know, being pr- prideful or, or being angry over what happened to me or being, you know, indignant or becoming bitter. And, you know, any of those things that we choose, they're all equally, you know, really not pleasing, right, to the Lord or, um, Yeah. So humiliation, I mean, like when things like that happen to us. And so so you're talking about things that we can't really control. Yeah, they're really out of our control. Yeah, Because there's, yeah, so did you, I feel like you were going to say something else. No, I was just going to say, I think the sovereignty of God, you know, what you believe about God really plays in here. Um, You know, I grew up in, uh, for a substantial period of my younger life um, with kind of an over... Oh, gosh, how do I say it? A um, just kind of where the devil just got too much credit. You know, like anything bad that came my way. Well, that's that's the enemy of our souls. You know, Satan is like a roaring lion seeking to devour. The thief has come to kill, steal, and destroy. And and I just for so long believed that everything negative that came came at me was the enemy somehow getting into the cracks and. The more I, I really got into Scripture, I realized, wait a minute, I belong to Christ. No one can pluck me out of His hand. Um, and then when you when you take an honest look at biblical characters, you've got some heroes and some really holy people, and they are just going through hell at different times in their life. And there's no question when you look at it biblically and objectively, God's abs- you know they belong to God. Um, many, they have, you know, Paul has a relationship with Jesus Christ and yet the sovereign God is sometimes introducing the suffering himself or he's definitely letting it come like, yeah, this is for your good. This is to shape a new heart. This is to knock rust off of you. But I think, you know, when you, when Satan gets so much credit, um, it really kind of plays with the sovereignty of God. Like, man, God is in control of my whole life. Yeah. I mean, he's, he, you know, you can't say on one hand, you know, quote the verse, oh, all the all the steps of a man or a woman are ordered by the Lord, but look at all this calamity that came my way from an enemy who he slid in behind God's defenses and got me. Right. And so it really does, I think, challenge what you believe about God. You know, does God use suffering in the life of a Christian? Absolutely. Is following Jesus just supposed to be wonderful? It's a pretty hard gig when, you know, even Jesus says that to us. And and I love that, uh, um, you know, God is big enough Mm -hmm. to use hardship. I mean, to use conviction, to use things that make us repent to, um, yeah. Yeah. So So, if you believe that about the sovereignty of God, then... It's going to, or it should, it can, if we allow it to, affect the way we respond to these hard things that the Lord is using, you know, to humble us, since we're talking about humility. Um, And he uses them for other things, you know, obviously other 
growth points of growth in our life. But, you know, if we believe that God is sovereign, then all of these things, uh, we it, it really should change our perspective. Yeah. And our prayers. Right. Yeah, we go from, oh, God, rescue me, deliver me from this situation to, God, what are you doing right now? I want to I wanna partner with you. I want this hard season in my life to result in, I don't want to repeat this again, first of all, but I want the new heart that's at the other end of this. And I think it lets us thank God in the middle of it instead of begging for deliverance and rescue. I mean, it must be funny from God's perspective. You know, God, set me free from this. Yeah, well, I'm bringing this into your life right now. God, deliver me. I'm trying, this is a tool to make a new you. But I love that. Yeah, new perspective, new prayer life out of that. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, um, okay, so those are things that just are beyond our control. But then what about how does the Lord use things to humble us that um, are in our control? Yeah. For instance, uh sin or um you know when we make wrong stupid bad choices or you know just those types of things because those situations also if we allow them to can can humble us in a in a good way you know so what about those times yeah because the same temptation and outcome is possible there on both ends like um, you know, if it like for example, if it's sin, it's easy to fall into a victim mindset of that. Mm-hmm. You know, well, I'm I'm bad, I'm corrupt, I'm no good, I don't have what it takes. I can't make different choices. Yeah, yeah, yeah. God is, you know, God is crushing me. He's done with me. I mean, we can become a victim with our own sin, or pick up. And we talked about this before, but pick up repentance and say, I got a chance right now to change my thinking, to change my steps. Um, yeah, so absolutely. I mean, that's in our control. And you know what's, what, what's really cool? We, You and I were talking to somebody recently who, um, you know, they were just telling us that through a prayer ministry, they had been set free of a sin that had taken over their whole life. And the humility with which, with which this person shared it was beautiful. I just remember in that moment... You just told us that, like, without shame, without condemnation, but just to hear humility. Yeah, I've been through something in my life. You know, man, God overcame this in me. I had to partner with him and do my part. Um, But you're right, and so many people with sin just get trapped in this, you know, uh, black, you know, scarlet letter on them forever for having gone through that. Right, yeah. Yeah. Have you ever seen, I was thinking about this, um, of course you have, we've all seen this, someone who's over, you know, who we would consider old, and that's always a sliding scale, depending <laughs> on how old you are, <clears throat> but I mean an elderly person, and I've noticed with elderly people, there seem to be two extremes. Now, we're talking in stereotypes, not everybody fits it, but in general, I noticed that people, many people seem to be either 
really bitter and afraid and angry when they're older, or the sweetest, wisest people in the world, you know? <clears throat> and and the, I think my working theory is when you get to a certain age, you can't hide who you are. I think that's part of it is you just don't have the strength to maintain that, you know, fake person. <clears throat> and I, my, my suspicion is that those older people who are really sweet and wise and gentle and just the people you want to be around, they are... Um, they have really walked the road of humility. Mm-hmm. You know, th- they have let God put his hands in their hearts. They've leaned into their hard stuff, and they've really grown into something amazing. And my guess is that a lot of times those folks that are cold, bitter, angry, afraid, you know, they've just given into this other side of it. They haven't, they just mm-hmm. haven't taken the journey. And in the end, there's something so beautiful for those who have and there's something that's just, mm-hmm. it's scary to be around because you think, man, if I don't, if I don't let God work on me, this is where I could end up. Yeah. I th- I th- so I think we have living examples of, of humility, but it's, again, what we're talking about today, that painful part of humility that is humiliation that does hurt, right. you know. It reminds me of uh, Richard Rohr's book, Falling Upward, you know, where he talks about that. He talks about um, uh, getting rid of your ego, which he calls your loyal soldier, you know, discharge your loyal soldier, you know. And he says up to a, a certain point, your loyal soldier has served you well, you know, when, when you are young, and, you know, 20s, 30s, and so you need ambition. You need, you know, you need those things to succeed in life. You need a drive and you need a, you know, that will to, this is, you know, this is what I want in life and, and to go after it. So you need that. But then there comes a point where you have to discharge that lo- loyal soldier and you have to say to him or her, thank you for your service. <laughs> but it it's we need to put you you know put you to to rest now. I don't need you anymore. I don't need I don't need my ego um, controlling me. I mean we never need that. But you know what I'm saying? Like there's a point in life where if you want to grow sweeter and you want to um, not have a heart of stone and not be afraid and not be all those things that you were saying, you have to kill your ego you have to or you won't because it's our ego our pride you know which is the the enemy of humility it's that 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 um keeps us you know indignant you know when someone uh, you know says something that offends you or or someone cuts you off in traffic I mean something that small or you know that 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 keeps us like you know, you're stepping on my rights, you know. I was in this lane. How dare you? How dare you need to be in this lane, you know? <laughs> I mean, and that that seems like a small example, but I think it, it is an example of your ego. I'm the only, you know, I was here first, you know, and then that just, you know, bleeds over into every part of our life, you know. I had this idea of, you know, starting this ministry, you know, how dare you 
come in and cut in and try and get a piece of my, you know, this was my idea, you know, that we have to kill that. I mean, we have to allow the Holy Spirit to um, to crucify our ego. I mean, yeah. I, it's, it's dying to self. But if we don't do that, I'm, I'm convinced of this. If we don't do that, like Richard Ward says, we will not fall upward, in other words, grow old in a graceful way. We won't. Mm. I don't think it's really possible. God, that's good, Jane. You know, it, it, I tell you what, you what this really brings up in me as you talk about this is I think about pastoral ministry and ambition. You know, Paul talks about uh, he, he's really confronting the Philippians on selfish ambition. It's rampant through the church. And I see that a lot in pastoral ministry. It's very... Has been, was really true of me in the early days. Like if you caught me when I was 29, right, 28 years old, and I'm, I'm getting ready to head into senior pastorate because we just did that earlier than some people did, and you said, hey, what, what do you want? I would have given you a religious answer. You know, I could have given you the right answer. But if you gave me truth serum and said, what do you want, Steve? Here's what I would have said to you. I want to be successful I want to have a big church. Mm-hmm. I want to have an influential ministry. I want to be the best preacher you ever heard. I want people to say my name, you know. Um, and I, yeah, I know I'm thinking of the song too. As I said, <laughs> but with with humility, when we take the journey of humility, one of the exchanges that gets made is what you want gets replaced with what God mm-hmm. wants. And it, mm-hmm. you know, That's I good. love that. You know, you and I are. We have a long home stretch in front of us. We've got a good 20 years of pastoral ministry left. But I do find that my heart is slowly changing. It needs to change more. And the things that I want now are I want people to have deep roots. Mm -hmm. I want a church to be filled with love. I want a church to reach the world around it. I want people to have so much fun and joy doing ministry I want a church that's a community. Slowly, those I want for me, for me, for you know, all those things are being replaced with the heart of God. And you know, just it just makes me realize, you know, when Jesus says, "Be meek, be humble," it's not that He wants a bunch of wimps out there. Oh, I just want soft people mm-hmm. who they can be a doormat for the world. But He really wants people that have His heart. You know, we we get the passion of Jesus, and. You know, what Paul talks about Philippians is, hey, here's your example. It's Jesus. Look at what he did. We're never going to be Jesus mm-hmm. if we want, you know, if, if it's just kind of a game of thrones for us, my empire, mm-hmm. my place on the seat. And I think that's a big part of humility is just God's going, look, man, I want you to have my heart. That's why you're suffering. Or that's why it didn't go so well. You know, but mm. I'm breaking all this junk in you. Mm-hmm. I, you know, I'm, I'm breaking down your little... Lego castle that you built. I'd rather build the kingdom of God instead through you and in you. And um, I think the saddest thing I ever see are guys that are my age or older and they're just kind of maintaining, they're holding on, the fight, the fire has gone out of them, you know, the the hope, just passion for the kingdom. They just coast into retirement, a broken husk of themselves because they, they couldn't pull off their empire. And I, I think that's the cool thing is God's still offering the kingdom and going, i got to have a softer Steve and Jane, mm-hmm. a gentler. And 
to you who's listening to this the same thing. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Yeah, I think... Yeah, and I, I think that it takes that shift of thinking in terms of my, me and mine and, you know, what I want. And it, it takes, I mean, that's such an important part of humility and letting go of our loyal soldier is um, that, that mind, that shift of perspective of it being about me, you know, and mine, this is mine. And um, shifting it to this is about, this is us, but it's about his glory. It's it's really all for God. And just, you know, going back to the analogy of the, I mean, or using the, you know, driving in a car and getting cut off and using that as an analogy for life, you know, that. Like, we feel like we have a lane. This is our lane. My lane is I'm the senior pastor. And that means that I get to do this and I get to make these decisions or, you know, and how, you know, you're trying to get in my lane, you know, or right. or my lane is, you know, you know, being in whatever ministry or, you know, or, you know, serving on the missions committee or serving here or serving there or, um you know, why are you trying to, why are you trying to steer your, your yeah, narcissistic, your yeah. why are you trying to cut over here? You don't belong in this lane. Um, but just erasing all those lines, first of all. And that, I mean, it's hard. I mean, you know, I mean, what we're talking about is sounds really awesome and it is awesome, but it's hard stuff, Yeah, you know, because... I, I do think our human nature, our sin nature, is to is to to want to hold on and be indignant, you know, be offended, be you know, um, in control, be. But just there's so much freedom in letting go of that oh and realizing a that I'm not in control and and to think that you are in control yeah. of anything, any situation. It's just it's a it's not true. It's a lie that you're believing. <laughs> that you have any control, but um, when we open up our our heart and our hands and our arms to, well, the Lord, first of all, but then when we open all of that to other people and say, please join me oh, yeah. in this, join me in this journey of my life, join me, join me in my lane, and can I come in your lane, and can we just walk together? Um I mean, that requires a lot of humility on everyone's part. But I think it's, I just think it's the better way if we can learn to do it. I love that. Replacing me and mine, I and me with us and we. Right. So it's really good. Yeah, I think that's one of the keys to humility. Right on. I know. Like there's a lot, a lot there. Okay. All right. Well, we uh, there's a lot more there. I'm sure we can talk about. <laughs> but you're wrapping it up. So we seem to be at a possible time limit. Um, yeah, lots to think about, lots to pray about, uh, and we're just going to invite you to join us next time as we dig into something else. But embrace humility, my friends. It is so the better way. Love you. Peace out from Steve and Jane. 
Take care. Mm-hmm.